I think that is all the announcements. So it is Advent. We are in the season leading up to Christmas. Who's done with their shopping? Y'all need to go to Walmart. I'm not either, so I guess that's fair. A lot of gift giving in this season. A lot of, a lot of effort is put into going out and finding the right gifts for the right people. In fact, we treasure, like many of us do, if there's a hand-picked gift for us from someone who we know loves us, that gift has a lot of meaning, right? And if someone who you really care about obviously like put in no effort and hands you a cruddy gift, you're like, really? Aaron's birthday is in October. And this year I was like, okay, well, what am I going to get Aaron? And I went and I said, okay, well, she really liked this little projector the kids have that made stuff go on the ceiling. So I thought, I'll buy one that's more adult appropriate. We want to like make stars on the ceiling. I think that'd be really cool. So I found a laser projector that was supposed to do this. Now I've made a crucial mistake. I went to wish.com. Who here knows what wish.com is? Yeah. <laughs> I owe Aaron a new birthday present. What showed up from China, and I think it would cost me more to return it than it did what I paid for it, was a cardboard box cell phone projector. So basically, it was a cardboard box with a little lens you stuck in the front, and supposedly, if you put your phone in this with its little sticky pads, it would act as a projector. It is absolute garbage. No comment. <laughs> I bring great white elephant gifts. So gifts matter, and you know, and, like you know, it, it, as as a loving husband, when that arrived, also like a week late or two weeks late, I I felt really bad because I, I love my wife and I want to get her a good gift, and boy did I fail. <laughs> Oof. That doesn't mean as much as you would think sometimes. <laughs> I have to, she's getting a new gift. Um, probably a pedicure. Uh, and so, when we talk about this series, we're talking about, about the gift, we're talking about the three wise men, and, you know, and that's, a lot of this is like conjecture, right? We don't know there was three, it doesn't really say. In fact, some Christian traditions say there was twelve. Um, they're not the three wise guys, no matter what Craig says in his sermon. Why I oughta. But we're talking about the gifts that the wise men gave Jesus in the context of one gift that changed the course of history. And that gift is, just as we sung, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus came. He was born. And then when, after he was born, all this stuff happens. The wise men come. Now, of course, we have a nativity over here, right? Which is a beautiful and wonderful. We have it out every year. And it has the three wise, wise men here with their, their camels and their gifts. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say that they were actually present at the birth of Jesus. In fact, it was probably a little bit, uh, or a lot of it afterwards. But traditionally, we, we put all this together in one thing, that makes sense to us. But the wise men come with three things. What's the first one? Gold. gold. Okay. Who's rocking some gold? Anyone? White gold? Anyone wearing, a lot of us do. We'll take an offering later. <laughs> Frankincense and myrrh. So we've heard that many times. It's a very traditional thing, but we might not know what they mean. So this month we're going to be exploring these three gifts. And we're going to also on Christmas Eve explore what that means in total with the gift that Jesus is to us. So let's read a little bit of Matthew 2. You may be familiar with this story, but bear with me. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi came from the east, or Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is this one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we have come to worship him. After they heard the king, they went on their way. And the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. They opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. So these three wise men have traveled a long way to find this baby Jesus. And the three gifts are laid out. And the first gift is the gift of gold. Like I've got gold on. Bling, bling, playa, what? Not really. And it's actually, in our day and age, something that your average person can have. You know, like... Any one of us could go, you know, if we save a little bit of money and buy like a 14-karat gold chain. It's not that expensive. Or we could buy a little gold ring. In this time, things are a little bit different. Like gold is the main, one of the main ways that currency is exchanged. So like when we pull out money, it's a piece of paper. When they pulled out money, it was typically a piece of precious metal. And gold was a gift to show that Jesus was king. The biggest thing to get about the gift of gold is that gold was there because it was precious, because it was beautiful, because it was monetarily worth a lot, and it represented Jesus as a king. And we see in Matthew 2, 2, what are the Magi asking? Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews. King's a weird concept for us. I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to see if anyone knows the answer. Who's the king of America? You could argue that. We're a democratic republic. 
the king of America is me and you and you and you and you and you and you. Everyone who is a citizen and eligible to vote is the per are the people who determine who goes into office and the policies that are made. This is the most political I'll ever get at church, I promise. Because of that, and I have a reason for saying it, because of that, because we are all used to being king, we don't really understand kings. We don't understand a nation in which one person could embody all the authority over the nation. Instead, we instinctively think as people who live in a democracy, which is I get a vote. I like voting. Makes me feel important. And so this gift of gold acknowledges that Jesus is king. And gold is a sign throughout scripture of kingship. So it's a very biblical idea. In fact, when the, the, another queen, the queen of Sheba, came to a gentleman named Solomon, it says this, when the king of Sheba, when the king, queen of Sheba heard about the fame of Solomon and his relationship to the Lord, she came to test Solomon with hard questions. Arriving at Jerusalem with a very great caravan with camels carrying spices, large quantities of gold, and precious stones, she came to Solomon and talked with him about all that she had on her mind. So gold, and there's, I could go through a hundred, not a hundred, but several references in, but gold is often associated with kings. So when we think of gold as a gift to show that Jesus was king, I think that should allow us to refocus ourselves, refocus our agendas, refocus our purposes, and realize ultimately that I don't have to be in charge anymore. We talked about this in our, in our lesson on the gospel in our theology series too, but even, even less than thinking, you know, Jesus is king and I'm not. Realizing that, as, as the scripture verse Craig read earlier, the government is on his shoulders, was something that was prophesied about Jesus. And this is a season of hope. This is the hope week of Advent. Where do we put our hope? I fear that I often put my hope in the wrong places. It's easy to do. Because if your hope is found in a politician, your hope is misplaced. If your hope is found in a pastor, your hope is misplaced. If your hope is found in a cause or anything that is not Jesus, your hope is misplaced. Because we think that because we, we are who we are and we get a say in our lives, we have free will, that we can, we can determine what's going to happen in whatever way that is. But as it turns out, every time we try to control that ourselves, we put our hope in something that isn't Jesus, who's actually the king, who the government is actually on Jesus' shoulders. Our hope is put in the wrong place and it will be disappointed. 
How many times do we even, even put, put our hope in a close friend or a spouse and they, they, they mess up? They fail us. Because just like you, they're imperfect. We put our hope in Jesus. Jesus never fails us. Jesus is king. And he's who we're called to put our hope in. Another interesting thing about gold. Gold was used significantly in the construction of the Jewish temples. Now, I could read to you 2 Chronicles 2 through 4 about the construction of the temple. I could. I'm not, because that would take a long time. Feel free to read it yourself. But gold's used all over the temple. And gold was actually a part of this whole structure that was built in the Old Testament around worshiping God. Which is funny, because like gold, gold's been used throughout history for a lot of reasons. One of them is that gold's pretty soft. Uh, you, could take, you can take gold and you can bend it, and you can, you can use it real easily. It's not, not so much like, okay, so who's rocking a titanium ring? Yeah, got a few. Mm -hmm. Titanium, hard to, to move, hard to you know, detach. Now, I guess it, I talked with somebody recently who's a firefighter who told me they can cut them off of your fingers, so you don't have to worry about that, but... It's much, it's much less pliable than gold. And so gold is used significantly throughout the temple because it was, it was beautiful and because it was easy to make things out of and because it was valuable. So Jesus is king. But I think it's also important to relate this gift of gold to the construction of the temple and to how gold was frequently used as something in worship. Because Jesus isn't just a king. Jesus is the king. And that's a, something we, we have to get, especially where are we putting our hope? We're not putting our hope in Jesus because he was a king of the Jews. We are putting our hope in Jesus because he is the king. King of kings, Lord of lords, who died for us to save us. Who proved he was everything he said he was when he rose from the dead. If you're going to believe in something, believing in the guy who was dead and then wasn't is a good, a good way to go. Because I don't know about you, um, I'm pretty sure that I couldn't pull that off. Jesus isn't just a king. Jesus is the king. And the gift of gold from the wise men shows us that. That these three magi from a completely different land and a different religion acknowledge that Jesus is king. And so for each of these gifts, I want us to consider, if they gave this gift to Jesus, what is my gift to give to Jesus? And I could make another joke about gold in the offering plate, but I won't. The gift that Jesus wants from you today is your hope. Jesus wants you to stop hoping in all the th other things in this world that are going to disappoint you and instead take your hope and trust in him because he won't fail you. Jesus says of himself, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. 
No one comes to the Father except through me. Today, as we head into this Advent season, we head into Christmas, I challenge you, in a world filled with disappointments, put your hope in Jesus.